We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Chineo Gwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. It would appear that I'm doing a lot of these pre-real messages lately. And this, my defense, we ended on a really good joke on the podcast. So I didn't want to go back and like plug what we had to plug. So I figured, ah, whatever, we'll just do it in the beginning. Um, So what I want to tell you guys what we're going to be doing is that Miami Heat beat Mailbag Live on Twitch uh, next week. Look, we're looking we're looking at Wednesday-ish. We'll kind of give you updated as you get closer to the day so we can get as many people on as we can. But send us questions on Twitter. Uh with the hashtag MHB mail and ask us any question you want. Any question about the heat, any question about us, we're going to have fun with it. And we're going to answer them live on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash MIA heatbeat. So check that out. Also join our discord server. We're going to put a link for that in the podcast description. And it's also on our Twitch page. You can click one of the buttons and it'll take you right to discord. Uh, we're having lots of fun in there. We're, we're, we're shooting the shit, talking trades and everything. So make sure to get in that. Make sure to send us a question at hashtag MHB mail. Uh, and we're going to answer them live on stream next week. So we're going to keep plugging that. We're going to keep going. Also, I didn't mention this on the podcast, but I wrote an article on heatbeatmiami.com kind of outlining the heats, uh, free agency and all that. We talk about a lot of it on the, on the show anyway. But if you want a kind of more detailed version to be read uh, with all the numbers and everything handy, you could check that out uh, on our website at MiamiHeatBeat.com or HeatBeatMiami.com. So please enjoy the podcast. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. 
Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas. And with me today is not producer and co-founder Brian Goins. I actually thought he was going to be on. Maybe we should have waited for him. Ah, maybe he'll show up later. Who cares? He's not here right now. Instead, we have our 2K coach, Frankie. What it is. We also have our statistician and pun master. Also, you can find his work on Basketball News. Nikaias Duncan. Hello, hello. Gentlemen, are we ready to talk NBA free agency, specifically Miami Heat free agency? No, oh, we do. No, we're not. You're supposed to say yes. You're supposed to let it go so we get we, we have fun with this. Um, So the way we're going to do this pod, we're going to do uh, two this week. We're going to do today on uh, free agency targets. Uh, and then on Thursday, we're having a guest on. Uh, it's a surprise. I think you guys will like him uh, to talk trade targets, right? So it's going to be kind of a, a best of both worlds. So we're not really going to get into too many trades today, although if it comes up, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see where it heads us. Uh, we also want to give thanks to our family at the Blue Wire Podcast Network. They are awesome. They are incredible. Check out everybody that's doing work on Blue Wire, especially if you're into the draft stuff. I mean, I know that our friends at Light Years are doing good stuff. Chase on all the NBA shows, uh, at Lakers Film Room, so much good content being produced at Blue Wire right now. Uh, we love to see it. All right, y'all. So the important thing today that I want to get to, let's start with the Heat's own guys, right? So let's Let's review the Heat's cap situation because I, I think understanding this going in will kind of inform the rest of everything that we're going to talk about. So the Heat are going to have about $22 million in cap space. I mean, with all the cap projections that we have going on, I mean, we don't really know. And teams are complaining to the league that they have no clarity on the cap. But I mean, it's, we're roughly estimating about a $22 million uh, cap space for Miami, and that is if they guarantee Duncan Robinson and Kendrickson deal, uh, if Kelly Olynyk opts in, and if Miami keeps their draft pick, right? So that's kind of accounting for all that salary, and then that'll account to $22 million in cap space. The Heat have the cap hold on Jay Crowder is not really important right now. What is important is Goran Dragic's $28 million cap hold. Uh, it's enormous, and what a cap hold essentially is, it's it's a hold on the cap that unless you deal with that particular player's free agency, that cap hold does not remove, so that's not really cap space that they have. So because Goran's cap hold is $28 million, uh, it's over the Heat's $22 million in available cap space. So we have to take all that into perspective before we kind of get into how the Heat are going to approach their offseason, because uh, that is a big, important limiting factor in what they can do. The Heat are going to have access to their full mid-level exception, which this year is going to be about $9.3 million, and their biannual exception, which is $3.6 million, uh, if they act as over a cap team, which we're assuming and judging by all the reports that they are. Uh, the Heat also have a $7.5 million trade exception, which is not really important to this show, but I mean, if it just comes up later, I just want you guys to know that you know they can they can make salary happen. They, they can they can add up salary to make it happen. And Iguodala has a $15 million expiring deal with a team option in 2021. So that's also important in case we do get into some trades. So Nikias, I kind of want to start with Goron. I think the consensus is they're just gonna they're gonna give them a one-year 20-ish million dollar contract. Uh, and bring them back next year? Uh, well, I would say, like, I think the safe money is on Goran being back on a one-year deal, like you stated. Uh, I've been kind of on the other side of that 
for the last couple of years. Um, I am still worried about the defensive limitations. Um, I think with Bam having more of an on-ball role, with Jimmy basically being at his best offensively when he's running point, with Tyler Hero kind of taking a step up in the bubble and during the postseason, um, if you believe in Kendrick Nunn at all, which it's easy not to believe in him, but you have to think of the organization is looking at. If they do believe in Nunn, that's four ball handlers already. And that combined with Goran's age, with the defensive limitations, with him coming off the foot injury, I would be a little iffy on bringing him back. I would rather use that money to go for a wing or at least a young guard. Um, I just wrote a heat preview a few days ago. Um, See if they want to utilize the cap space, if they want to renounce some cap holds, throw an offer out at DeAnthony Melton. I think that would be a, a, a nice target for them that wouldn't eliminate the max slot for next summer, depending on what the cap does, but also gives them another young guy in the pipeline. I think that would be something to look into. But if you're asking me what I think will happen, I think it's going to be a one-year deal for Gorn, and then they give him something smaller in 2021. I think that's interesting how you just totally think that they can make this work without Goron because I think we saw how it looked in the finals without him and none just doesn't have that kind of playmaking ability and pick and roll in particular. Uh, Goron is another guy to get to the free throw line, which they just don't really have a lot of guys other than Jimmy. I know that they they did uh, like from an off the dribble perspective. Uh, it just to me, it seems like if they lose Goron, like I don't know how they replace that kind of production, especially come in the playoffs. Like I, I don't think Kendrick Nunn is that guy. As much as you can like him, I don't think he's going to be as ready. I mean, Goron was their leading scorer in the playoffs. Like that dude, you know, when, when times got tough in, in quarters and when offense went dry, I mean, that's a guy that could get you a basket and high pick and roll is a really, really good um, pick and roll partner with Bam, probably the best on the team. I haven't looked at the numbers, but. I'm actually surprised how willing you are to move off of him, even if it's just for a one year. Okay. I was saying um, he obviously looked bad in the bubble. Um, he had a, he was dealing with some injuries, dealing with just the general rookie wall. Um, a lot of other stuff apparently was going on that kind of affected him. I do think um, removed from that environment and just giving, giving him a little bit of time to kind of gather his head, I think he's going to bounce back to the regular season form. Um, I think that definitely helps, at least during the regular season. Again, what we saw from Tyler Hero, I think he's ready for more on-ball responsibility. Um, Jimmy's going to handle a lot of ball handling responsibility. I think there's more of a leap from Bam. Um, and then on top of that, um, the Heat do have what, the 20th pick in the draft this year. There are a lot of talented young guards that are going to be available in the back end of the first round that I think the Heat can target. So I, I think collectively there's a way – to replace the production that Goran Dragic brings if the Heat want to go that route. So, and Frank, I want to bring you in on this. Like, I'm of the opinion that the Heat really, you know, their window is all of a sudden a lot quicker than it was before. Like, they're clearly ready for contention now. They're not just kind of waiting around for 2021. And while, like, I I think Nikias is probably right in the macro that eventually those guys can replace the Dragic production. I mean, they got to they gotta try to win next year. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it's I, – I think Nikaias is uh, – and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Nikaias, but I, I think what you're you're trying to do is tr- you're trying to get ahead of it uh, before the, the drop happens. Yes. Yeah, um, that's – go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, um, Gorn was obviously fantastic during the postseason. That is also the best that Gorn has played in two years, two and a half years. Yeah, I would agree. But uh, also, like, he had a legitimate role guy because Hassan, I mean, we always complained about the screen setting and the role guy, and he had a bunch of space. Like, I think that that's also part of why he's looked the best he's looked. Yeah, that's like, fair. But he's also 35, and he's coming no, off yeah, like a that's, big injury. So I it, think it's totally fine to project that. But I mean, like, I think for next year specifically, mm-hmm. especially if you're just looking at a one-year deal, I I just don't think that they're going to be a better team without him. I mean, it 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 depends because you know, like, you don't know how how this injury is going to affect. But I, I mean, I, I really don't know the. Extend I mean, everybody uh, seems to say that he'll come back fine. Like, I haven't read one person like that thinks that this is going to be like disastrous for him. But, uh, like, how many guys I, I don't know the history of this. Like, the only guy I know that had like the only guy, like, in recent memory that had uh plantar fasciitis issues, uh, off the top of my head is uh Joe Kim Noah. And no, but since, this is not this is not plantar, like, this is the, the plantar fascia popped. Yeah, yeah, but so like that's gonna that's gonna recover, right? So that like that that part from what I understand, hashtag he beat MD. Uh, that part's gonna be fine. Like I, I from everything I understand, that's gonna make a full recovery. No, you hope you hope so. Um, but it, it's also like it's full recovery. To there's a big difference between full recovery to being able to play and full recovery to being what you were before. Like I said, I, I didn't see too many people too concerned about it. I mean, I, I, I guess you're very right in thinking that. But, I mean, that's also why you signed the one year. You know what I mean? Because, like, I don't yeah, know. Like, But I, I, I'm with the guys that I think it's <laughs> it's going to happen. Like, I, I don't think they're they're not going to bring him back. Uh, whether they should, it's, it's you know, you can make a debate on either case. Um, I think, uh, you know, at the right money, one-year deal, you, you take that gamble. Uh, it, but it's just, it's gotta be at the right money. You know, if you're, you're giving him closer to the 28, then that's a lot riskier than if you're getting him to agree on something or 20 million, uh, where I think he helps the heat is that he's shown in the past that he, he can take, he'll take less money to help the team to help, uh, win. uh, when, when he was up as a free agent in, uh, 2015, I believe it was, um, he took less money for them to keep Dwayne. And uh, Dwayne had already earned a lot of money. It was like his last deal coming up and Goron had never been paid and Goron still took less money. So I think what, you know, what uh, Pat in the front office has shown before is that they give, they'll give the guy uh, a check, uh, like a a sheet of paper, say, Hey, look, this is what it's going to look like. Uh, If you get this money, this is who we can go after. And uh, this is, this is what it's going to be if we can't uh, get so like, my thing is because Nikaias had mentioned it like a little bit, like you know, you renounce Goron, you get that cap hold off, and then what well, you're also going to renounce Jay because Jay has an 11 million dollar cap hold, right? So that 22 million, all of a sudden you only have eight million of like legitimate cap space, and the 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 mid level is 9.3 million, so you're only at a real difference of two two million dollars to play with. So I don't really see how much of a better option there is and to just bring them back and then bring Jay Crowder back. And then at that point you just operate as a cap team with your two exceptions, because in reality their cap space is kind of fake unless they renounce both Goran and Jay Crowder. And at that point, I just don't think you're going to be able to replace those two guys with this $22 million in your exceptions. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. I like, okay. I, 
the sum of it, the sum of bringing those two back and adding somebody with a mid-level biennial is probably better than anything you're going to get without it. It's specifically because we're looking at like the one year. Yeah. And, and you're, I, we're also not counting uh, Tyler and Bam growing and getting better. We haven't, that's true. Uh, we haven't talked about that. There, we saw Tyler and Bam take uh, leaps in the playoffs. Uh, Bam got uh, hurt, obviously, and then Tyler got exposed a little bit in the finals. Uh, but, you know, they, they can, they're both really young, really talented, really smart, really hardworking. They can definitely take another leap next year. I mean, they're going to grow, Nikaias, but like the leap to like legitimate, you know, number one offensive playmaker like Goran was at times, I think is a, I think it's a bit much to ask out of two guys, especially somebody as flawed as none. So I, I guess that's, that's kind of where I beat you halfway. I think those are fair points. Um, I think just in general, I'm more worried about bringing back Goran from a defensive perspective than the offensive perspective. Because on offensively, I agree. Like what Goran brings in pick and roll, the chemistry that he has in Bam, like he's still very good. And even if he's like four or 5% worse, he's still going to be a very good offensive guard. So I get it from that perspective. I guess I just trust, as as bad as none is defensively, I probably trust him a little bit more to get a little bit better and be below average than I do for Goran to come back after the foot injury and with another year on him. That's and fair. Be what he's been because again, like we're going going back two years, that was the first time Spo had really made a conscious effort to hide Goran, and you know, two years later, now he's basically on the edge of the zone. He's being hit in every possession. He's coming off the bench now. So I I just think at a certain point, if you can get 80 to 85% of what Goran brings offensively between none handling and hero handling, and if you bring in a guard, a Tyrell Terry, a Tyrese Maxey or whatever, if you can get comparable production there and then improve defensively, I think that gives Miami a little bit more flexibility on the defensive end of the floor. And that kind of sets them up a little bit better short-term and long-term. We'll talk about this a little bit later when we get into kind of the wings that they have available. But like I, some of these guys, I just, you know, like, like you mentioned Melton and some of those other guys, like I don't trust them to be on the floor late game in an elimination game. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that that's also something that, you know, when you're a team that's up to the point that Miami is, you got to look at, well, what guys are going to be regular season guys. Cause I also think that's important too, especially if they're going to have a regular, like playoffs next year with road games. I do think the regular season does matter in a guy and ha- getting some defensive help in the point guard position, you know, it's going to help in the grind of the regular season when you're playing a lot of really fast, annoying guards. Uh, they can't just play that super aggressive, heavy switch defense. That's frankly looks exhausting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So I think for the regular season, you look at stuff like that, but I think in the playoffs, I think what this team is going to look at is, you know, can we, can we play this guy late in games? Can we buy some minutes uh, or is our offense just going to go to shit because this guy can't shoot, this guy can't handle, this guy can't do. So I, when I look at their options, that's the other part of that, that I, that I, I can't, you know, we've seen at least Goran can survive and, you know, uh, Kemba Walker was a guy that we were all really scared of, and they just the Heat game plan of, of everything that they switch and all the stuff that they do. It's just it's just enough, and I don't really see that there's anybody at the market to help them, at least in free agency, not trade market. But that's kind of where I stand on the point guards. 
100%. I think uh, I also think we're not talking about uh, Gianni being afraid of uh, Fred Van Vliet joining the Heat instead of and leaving the Raptors. Uh, <laughs> well, that's another, like that. See, like I didn't even mention. So if we want to get into the Raptors, I mean, I, well, b- b- like if we want to get into that, like, you know, a guy like Fred and a guy like Ibaka, I just I've seen a lot of people, he people link the Heat to Ibaka. And I'm just like, I don't I don't understand why he would take the MLA, the, the mid-level here for reduced role when he can go somewhere else for mid-level and have a much greater role and probably have just as good as odds to win the championship. Like I've seen a lot of people throw that that way, unless Dubaka really wants to live in Miami. Uh, I, I just, I've seen too many Raptor people and too many smart reporters just say Toronto's going to do what Miami's going to do with Dragic, just offer him the 20 million one year, and then he'll kind of reevaluate uh, in 2021. Like I think he absolutely makes them better. Like you, you add a guy like Kim who can shoot at the floor, who can play game sevens, who's won a championship, who's done a lot on both ends of the floor. Really, really nice pairing with Bam. Um, I don't really think that he can play late game too many times with Bam. I mean, you think your best lineups, you want Bam at the five in space with with wings, not another big. But you know, I think for the most part in the regular season, also like they can play together just fine and everything. Like I just don't think that. I, I could just see Ibaka wanting to go somewhere else with a bigger role, like the Warriors or something, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I do love the fit for Surge. It would be great if Miami could snag him. I think if the Heat are going to go after a Toronto big, they would probably want to check on the status of Mark Gasol. I think he would come cheaper. Um, there's, uh, I still don't know if it's been confirmed that he's not going to be in the NBA next year or not. I feel like he's gonna be in Spain. I just, I, I, I've, everything that I've read and every, every, everybody that like I've kind of talked to, it just, it feels like he's gonna be in Spain. Okay. Well, if he's gonna be in Spain, then obviously all this move. But if he isn't, then I think Gasol is the option that you want to go with there. Well, I think if you're gonna pair Bam with a big, you want a, a guy that's gonna take him away from having the guard, the Embiid's, the Jokic's, those guys, and let Bam kind of roam around the perimeter, um, defensively, take some of the wear and tear off. Isn't of that what the zone's for, though? Isn't that like what the zone has been so effective at doing? It is, but also just having another big body to help on the glass. You don't have to play as much zone to give Bam that Roman element. And one of the downsides to Miami switching as much as they did, Bam is a very willing switcher, almost to a fault. Like if there's a ball screen action, he's going to hop out there. It doesn't really matter. And that kind of leaves Miami exposed on the back end. Um, If the shot is missed, then offensive rebound opportunities are there. Um, he could go back to their more traditional drop scheme with Bam at the four. Um, he could play higher on those pick and rolls. And then you'd have a guy like Mark Gasol that could grab boards or since he kind of declined a little bit, still a guy that can box grab out. Grab boards, Mark Gasol. <laughs> hey, man, he, he can box out. He can, bo- he can box out and make it easy for the other guys. I hope. And, and Bam already has experience with a, uh, a floor spacing big man who hesitates to shoot. This is true. <laughs> Wait, which one? <laughs> McRoberts, exactly. or he didn't play with McRoberts. He didn't play with Josh. Uh, with Myers. Um, well, you know, Nikaias, like, and I've seen a lot of people make that argument when I've seen people bring up like the Heat trying to go after Miles Turner in a trade or something. And I think traditionally, Spo teams have done a great job of having their wings as help defenders for the back line, especially in the big three days. And even prior to that, when they used to use Dwayne as a weak side blocker, I, I think that. They have enough rim defense where as long as they're cutting off the... I mean, the Heat were, I think, first in the league at um, fewest field goal attempts at the rim, or they were certainly top three. They're good at that. They're good at limiting chances at the rim, and I know that they weren't very good once teams got there, but 
you know, now, you know, after that midseason acquisition and whatever they do in the offseason, they're going to have a lot of size and a lot of wings to kind of throw at, at the help. It's not going to be Goran or Kendrick Nunn or, or, or Derek Jones or these, you know, these smaller, weaker guys. Mm-hmm. And I just think traditionally, Eric Spolster teams have done a really good job of making up for size because they've never really had a lot of backline length, uh, except for Hassan, but they played a lot of drop. And, you know, we, we know the whole Hassan story. Um, I, I think that they have enough to make up for that, like, lack of a traditional, like, rim defender, you know, with their switch stuff, especially in the playoffs. I think that's. I think improving on the margins is what's going to help Miami get back to the finals next year, though. I think that's kind of how, how they need to look at it. Um, you don't want to splurge and kind of cut off your 2021 cap space, but even if you make it, no. yeah, yeah, but even as you make your arguments and they're sound, that the Heat have enough length to make up for, or they have enough to compensate. At a certain point, you, want, you don't want them compensating for stuff. You want them addressing those weaknesses and making them neutral, if not strengths. So I think looking at moves to where they can add a little bit more size but still have enough mobility to be able to be flexible, that's where Toronto excels. They can play that drop. They can go to a bunch of different zones. But they keep guys out of the paint. Um, the Heat have kept guys out of the paint. But again, as you mentioned, once teams get there, then it's an issue. And I think part of their reliance But, but on- I, I think that's a, a size thing too. Like They've gotten a lot bigger since the beginning of the season. I think they've gotten bigger on the wings, but not necessarily in the front court. And I think that's fair. But those are the guys that are going to be helping. So now it's Jay Crowder, not, you know, Derek helping or Iguodala, mm-hmm. right? Who's really good at splitting that difference when there's a guy rolling and there's a guy in the corner. Like, you know, they have a lot of high yeah, IQ yeah, guys. But, but there's also a difference between uh, Myers uh, help, helping and then Bam shading over, then J- uh, Bam helping and, J- and Jay shading over. Uh, the when the thing about them going small, they get a lot faster and and space the floor on offense. Uh, but they have to work so much harder defensively, and they they could do it in the playoffs when it's uh you know shorter games, you know uh, more days in between. But you know surviving the regular season, you, I don't think you want to put those miles on Bam, especially since he's I already. I totally done. agree. That's the one thing I agree on. But when you look at a guy like Serge. You know, I think you kind of go in with the understanding and I don't think the Heat, you know, they can't really be in the business of lying to dudes about their role and you get agents mad or whatever. Oh, of course. You know, that's that's kind of the stuff that makes it complicated. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think 100% their number one need isn't a big man, uh, extra big man. They they need they need one uh, to help uh, with the depth and on a rotation big at that, but he's Come playoff time, they're probably going to go back to the, to a similar lineup where Bam's going to be running the fives to start uh, playoff games. I was talking to somebody on Twitter, and I was like, "Listen, you know, if, but the whole thing about adding a second big or whatever, and like using their their biggest resource, which is Emily, on a big man." I go, "When you're playing Boston, and they're throwing out Tice at the five and Jalen at the four with Hayward, uh, you know, and and that small lineup that they have, Jalen and all that, Kemba." You can't play. I mean, are you really going to play two bigs in that scenario? Are you really going to let one of those guys guard Jason Tatum? And if so, then, you know, if you have somebody else on on Tice, you know, then you, Bam's not able to be in the, the initial action up top, right? You kind of want him in that high pick and roll to switch or to do whatever. I mean, that's that's your best defender. You want him involved in that play. Well, it depends because Bam is a freak of nature and he can guard guards and wings. And he can help and stuff, but... So you, not, you, can, you can put him at the four 
and and let him, like depending on the big because you know that ideal want, though is that going to be ideal for what they want to do it depends because uh like it, 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 are, is it better to have Ibaka or Derek Jones Jr. It's well, who, I mean who, yeah. that that's what I'm saying it's it, like you can make that case but it's not just the big it's who's the big who's the, the yeah. wing it's not just you know uh naming the position you got to see who they can replace that with yeah, and the thing about the big argument is that it's all the it's really a very very small list of bigs that would make sense for the Heat anyway. It's going to be Serge. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Mark if he doesn't go overseas. It's going to be Aaron Baines if you're assuming that three point shooting is real, which it improved with more volume last year. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of been an upward trend for him over the last two or three years. So, like, if it's one of those, I mean, he things, still wasn't great last year. He was thirty five percent on volume. Yeah, thirty five percent better than Daniel Tice. <laughs> this is true. And it's 35% on high volume, and like they were almost exclusively above the break, which are the tougher threes to make. And, those, and that's what he's going to be having, I mean, in, in yeah, anything. That, and that's also what Spo likes. He likes uh, running the offense through his bigs in the high post and the, the free throw line extended on the wings and stuff. He likes, uh, he likes, uh, he li- loves putting Kelly out there with the dribble handoff. Baines is a really good passer, he, and he shows he could shoot that shot when, when they drop. Do you like Baines like significantly more than Olinick? Yeah, defensively, yes. hell yeah. Significant. I mean, I, I like him. I obviously like. I think he's a better I like player, Kelly. but I don't. I don't like him that much more than Kelly. That I mean, maybe you like him because Spo would actually trust him to play. I don't. You hope, but that's another. I don't thing. know. I'm, like I think Baines. Like I. I, go. I was gonna say I think Baines is better. He's also bigger. He's also longer. He's more willing to shoot, which is a very odd thing. And I think at this point, he would also be cheaper than what Kelly comes at. I mean, Kelly's going to accept the player option. That's like 12 mil. Um, if the Heat, half, yeah, yeah. If the heat operate as an over-the-cap team, that's going to give them the full mid-level exception, which I think that's going to be Aaron Banks' market, somewhere in the $8, 9000000 million range. So, I th- so yeah, I, I I was saying that like I, I think an MLE gets it done, but is that what you really want to use an MLE on? Is that like that? That's like a plan C type move to me. Especially if Olenek opts in, I mean, I think what's nice about Baines is that if he if you do get him with the MLE with your Plan C, you know, it kind of lets you move Olenek and not have to worry about that backup big position, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, it's a really plan. It's a it screams Plan C to be. I mean, yeah, that's fair. It's also tough to have this conversation in general because we don't know when free agency is going to be. And it's and <laughs> a weird fucking yeah, season. Very weird. And like that's, and we're just kind of neglecting the draft right now. We don't know what the Heat are going to do with that pick. Yeah. Like we know they're going to, they're going to use it on the player. But we don't know if that's being traded somewhere. Like if you're telling me that the Heat are taking Tyrese Maxey at 20, then using the MLE on Aaron Baines is a lot more appealing to me because you already have, basically you have your point guard. defender. So even if you bring Goran back, you have a guy in Maxey that you can throw on point guards from day one, really. Um, you have Kendrick Nunn if you want to give him another year to see if he gets back to form. I think he will, but you know that that obviously can go either way. And then you have Gorn as the guy that closes games for you, um, running high pick and rolls with Bam. So you kind of situate there. So from there, if your guard rotation is set, then it's okay. How can we help Bam during the playoff? I mean, during the regular season, keep that wear and tear off of him. And if your big rotation at that point is Bam, Baines, and Olenek, like you basically have what you need. The wait is finally over. Football is back. 
and you might not be at the game this year, but you will be on in the action with Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you the most options to wager than anyone else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head over to Bet Online today and take advantage of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need and you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere right now at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply only valid through September 30th. The other, so the other big I, I think is really interesting for them and I like a lot more than, uh, than Baines is Paul Millsap. Now I am a Paul Millsap truther. On Twitter, I have been a Paul Millsap truther forever. That's my guy. He's the reason I believed in those stupid fucking Hawks teams. <laughs> I think he's that good that it made me believe, and I hate him for that. Uh, he's the guy that I think fits a lot better than Baines. He's uh, the original RSHK. Yeah, literally. Like I, Do you know, Frankie, I will never forget that game against the Jazz. It was like within the first 10 games of the regular season of, of, the, of 2010. And they had gone to overtime. Right, it's Paul Millsap sitting a bunch of threes. Do you know? I was watching the game on NBA TV, and do you know how like at the end of broadcast they start showing all the logos because they had a double header, so they were showing all the logos of like, oh, thanks to our partners of blah 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 blah. The game was over. The <laughs> logos came up. I Dwayne that had that breakaway off. dunk in the open court, and it was over. I turned that game off. I thought they won. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that game. <laughs> I think that might be one of the regular season games I was most mad about in the history of my life. Paul fucking Millsap. Oh my god. It was so absurd because he wasn't even hit shooting threes at that point yet. He wasn't even (laughs) attempting them. That was his his coming out party. He waited. Look what I found. It's always dude, it was always wild to talk about Paul Millsap now being as versatile as he is because he came he came into the league like he was what was he like the leading rebounder in NCAA history when he came into the league? Like yeah. he was, he was very <laughs> much a, <laughs> very much a garbage. He's a tech. Yeah, like he, <laughs> he was basically a rebounder and paint guy, and now he's turned into one of the more skilled fours of the last decade and a half. It's 
It's just absurd. He could do a little bit of everything. Yeah, he's good. He's really good, and I I like to fit next to Bam for everything that we said about Baines, a guy that you could play next to him in the regular season to kind of take that wear and tear. Another big in that rotation, 44% from three, by the way, 50% from two, 82% free throw shooting. I mean, just total like uh the standard of efficiency over here thing, uh, well sorry uh the thing about uh Millsap too that i love is that he might be able to get him for just a biannual since he's a veteran no way i he's made a lot of money he might be in that win now mode like so i, I could see his last contract was three years 90 million dollars which i think is important um man, taxes, if, he takes a, if he takes the biannual See, I didn't even consider him as a biannual guy. I, I thought for sure the MLE was going to be what would, what would get that done. But, you know, he's on a good team in Denver. Who knows what they want to do? I mean, they're going to have to do something with Jeremy Grant as well. We're going to get it to him in a second. But he's a guy that, as a shooter, defender, high IQ guy, a very good defender. I mean, in the playoffs against Anthony Davis, I mean, you know, who does good against Anthony Davis? That dude did as well as anybody. Was really impressed, and as cooked as he looked at times in that Clipper series, um, he's awesome. He can run a little bit of their handoff stuff too, as 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 the big in that. I mean, I, I think you're comfortable with that as decision making, um, especially with, with with Duncan and all these guys shooting off. You could also you could also have him screen off ball for Duncan to get into that action when Bam's in the game. So you can and you know he's a guy that can roll, that can pop, that can slip. He could do all sorts of things. I love him, and I think the fit here with him is terrific. And especially if you get him for the biannual, then you don't have to feel guilty about not playing him late in games when you want to go small. Exactly. Um, you said that that he's your plan A guy? No, he's like a plan B guy. My plan A guy we'll get into in a second, but he's okay. like... Oh, okay. I know your he's, plan A guy. He's honestly like... Because I don't think the Jeremy Grant thing is going to happen. So Jeremy Grant, by the way, would have to opt out of a $9.3 million contract, and the MLE is $9.3 million. So I don't think he would opt out of his deal uh, being as young as he is uh, he's he's 25 to then take a one year MLE somewhere else when he's on a really good team right now that has a very defined role for him and any role he takes here is going to be diminished to what he has over there. That's fair. Um, yeah, I just don't see him for literally the same amount of money moving laterally. Taxes, coming, no state income tax. I mean, but he's he's going to get more money in Denver. They're going to have bird rights and they're going to be able to give him a 15 year deal with years. I mean, they're going to want to keep him. His last contract was three years, $27 million. Not made a lot of money in the league. Um, I just, that, I know that it was reported, it was Barry Jackson, so that the Heat are going to express interest in him. I'm like, I'm sure they are. Uh, mm. That doesn't mean that there's anything there. I just, I, unless, I don't know. I, I, the guys, I don't see how that happens. Um, I would kind of push back on the role thing. I don't think the role would be much different in Miami as it would be in Denver. Because again, if if Denver brings everyone back, it's going to be it'll be him, it'll be Millsap, it'll be MPJ, kind of um, rotating those three four minutes. And I think he would have a similar deal here if he if he comes to Miami. I'm kind of operating. He starts, yeah, like he starts and he can play the four to three. And I think if you're bringing in Jeremy Grant, you kind of have to assume that Jay Crowder isn't coming back. Oh, see, I I was I was doing both of them. If you're doing oh, if you're doing both, then I then I definitely understand the argument. I'm saying if you're bringing in Jeremy Grant, then honestly, I would probably renounce Crowder and kind of add some reinforcements elsewhere because I think Grant feels that role. Think he's a better shooter. Um, he obviously a little but bit see, more offensively. Like I think you just but 
if you renounce Crowder, you know, then you're only left with two million dollars in cap space. Because if you if you're assuming that they're going to give Goran the twenty million, you know, you can't you you resign Crowder with the bird rights because the the really alternative is why not? Because to get to the luxury tax, it's about fifty million dollars. So they can sign their two guys for less than forty, Goran and Jay. Mm-hmm. And then add a, an MLE and a biannual, and you're you're still not in the luxury tax. So if you renounce Jay Crowder, you still have to sign Goran first because of his twenty million dollar cap hold. You're only really left with two million dollars in space, and you're not really going to get anything with that. So you might as well sign Jay with the bird rights, and then just use your exceptions. That's mm-hmm. my thing. Okay. Um, if you bring, yeah, sorry, uh, Nick, if you bring in uh, Grant and keep Jay. I still think Grant is the starter in that case. No, 100%. He's better. 1,000%. And a better shooter. One thing, you know, like, I, I really hope that he, like, barring them uh, finding something uh, better with the trade that to include the pick, but uh, with the pick and and uh, hopefully with one of the mid-level or the biannual, I hope I really hope they get more athletic. Uh, you you saw the difference in athleticism in, in against the Lakers, and the Lakers – it's really LeBron and Anthony Davis. So they're other world out, like out of this world, out of this galaxy, uh, athleticism wise. But man, when Rondo is taking you, everybody off the dribble at, at age, uh, 302, you know, you got to get more athletic and, and Jeremy Grant and a, a young point guard like Maxi would, would be a huge boost to their athleticism, especially cause they're going to most likely bring Goron back and, uh, and some, and, He's gonna be slow footed again. Nikias, if they bring in Grant, would he walk in their second best open court player? Ooh, you know what? He just might. He's gonna streak. He's gonna streak. Like they're not good at that. Like this is not something that they haven't really since the big three years. They just haven't had a lot of juice in transition. R.I.P. Gerald like, Green. You know, Flocka. Flocka <laughs> forever. S- salute. <laughs> I, I don't think there's a time that Joe Green has ever mentioned on this podcast where somebody doesn't go Flocka. It's just like it's every time I drive by the Marquise building downtown, I always think of him every time. I was like, ah, oh, Chalmers had to go over there and help him. Oh, I, always think of that. I always think of the, the Levitard song where oh, Mario Chalmers <laughs> saved. What is it? He almost died or saved. I don't remember the song. Classic moment. Oh my god. Yeah, so like he's a guy that I think instantly makes their their open court stuff better. And in reality, the guy I want and the guy I think 100% makes them a team that is just a complete level up from where they were last year as good as they were last year's Gallinari. He's a guy that 100% walks in their best or their second best open court player. They just don't have a lot of those. They're just not good in transition like in terms of athleticism and stuff like that. Um he's a shooter. He's a an above average defender. Uh, he gets to the free throw line a lot, uh, and him and Jimmy doing that to back lines is going to be really fun. The dude can flat out score at three levels. Um, he can play both sides of the handoff, either as the the, the handoff man or as the guy coming off of it. Um, he can switch in their schemes. Uh, he'll survive defensively, and he's just I think at times last season. You know, they were really a creator short and having a creator from that wing position, especially if he's playing Crowder's minutes, uh, (laughs) all of a sudden, you know, your offense has another gear that 
I don't think is very solvable for other teams, especially with the way Miami has their off-ball movement, their screening, and their stuff. And again, you know, we saw the gravity of Duncan Robinson and and Tyler Hero and what they're doing off-ball and how much space that creates. If you had another guy who's a better shooter than Jay Crowder, who teams are going to respect a shot more than Jay Crowder, and a guy that can punish or close out unlike Jay Crowder. And I, I just think that's the guy that they have to go all in on. All they have is their MLE. It's not really much they can do, but he's mentioned recently that he would take less money uh, if it meant playing for a contender. If if Miami is that contender, they can instantly offer him a very, very important role on this team. He would 100% be their second option uh, offensively, I think, pr- pretty clearly, uh, unless Bam's going to take a leap as a scorer that I, don't, I just don't know that he'll take yet. Uh, Nikias, that's the guy that I look at and I'm like, if they get him, they can go to war with anybody in the league. Well, as you said, Gallo is very good. Um, I think he solves a lot of the offensive. I don't even want to call them issues because the Heat had a really good offense last year. But he definitely he definitely helps with the half court creation. Uh, when your best two options are basically battering Rams, Jimmy just kind of going to the rim and Bam trying to dunk over people as a lob guy or just trying to put guys underneath the basket, kind of unrefined in that role. Having a guy like Gallo that can create off the bounce or get to the free throw line, I think gives them a little extra something. Um, I guess my thing with Gallo is much as I would love to see him in Miami, I don't see the benefit of him taking, like he would be in Miami already if he was willing to take the kind of deal that Miami wanted to give him. But he just changed his mind. He just said, is playing for a championship more important than the contract? He said, yes. Times have changed. He wasn't the man he was yesterday, guys. <laughs> I mean, if it changes that quick, then, like if the MLE is available to him and he has his pick. Is it, he is watched it, Lou Dort take over a game <laughs> seven while he watched. That'll change the man. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> like, does he take the MLE in Miami over the MLE with the Clippers? That's the thing. Like, That's the thing. I mean, is he going to go back there? They they sent him away. They said, no thanks. I mean, they sent him away to bring, well, I guess it's, it's kind of hard to praise Paul Jordan right now, but. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> but like, you don't think Gallo looks like Paul Jordan said, man, I could do that. I averaged 19 a game last season. <laughs> like, I mean, jokes aside, like Paul George is like a top 10, top 12 player. So like, I understand that portion. But again, like. Wherever you put him, it has to be below Jimmy. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh but yeah, but I think I think Gallo is going to have a lot of options, and I think even if Miami is going to offer him the MLE, it's going to be probably a one year deal. And where he, I can, think most teams are going to do that though, and he'll be able to cash in in twenty twenty one when there's more good teams with cap space. I'm not sure. That's the other thing. I don't know if that's true for. Well, I don't go. know if that's true for everyone. Like, well, Boston isn't going to have the full MLE available, but like a team like the Clippers, like I feel like they could afford to give him a two-year or a two-plus-one or something like that. If Gallo was willing to take less, but he still wants security, then I think that puts Miami at a little bit of a disadvantage. That's fair, but I mean, I think that this is as good a situation. I think you can argue that this is as good a situation as any. I do think that the Heat have to be aggressive, and he has to be their first call uh, whenever midnight happens. Uh Like, you know, they're obviously, you know, in a disadvantageous position where they can't offer him 
years or even a little more money than the MLE. But if he's a guy that wants to take a chance, I mean, the teams that cast face this season are the Knicks, the 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 Pistons, the the damn Hornets, the, the Suns, you know, a bunch of losers. How do the Hornets always you know? have cap space? The Hornets always have cap space, and they always end up with the Zeller. They get they give Batum four years, five thousand billion dollars, and fucking. I wanted Batum so bad. I did. Too. Oh my god, I've never been more wrong. I think the I think the times I've been most wrong in free agency was how bad I wanted Batum, and when I said Al Horford is cement footed when he signed in Boston, I called him cement footed on Twitter. I said I did not want him. He wouldn't you, be able to defend. You were a contract so early. <laughs> yeah i was i was uh <laughs> um i think nikaias you're totally right but that doesn't change the heat's game plan and that should be the the first call that they make and you know everybody else is a plan b to them um he absolutely changes them and i think twitter's gonna hate me for saying this i don't think that he should be favorites to come out of the east next season um uh, i still think it's the bucks uh, I do like that matchup for the Heat. I think the Celtics have a chance to get better if they want to move Gordon Hayward, especially with whatever Indiana has going over there. If they want to get Miles Turner Milwaukee's and Victor Oladipo, yeah, I mean, like teams in the East are going to get better. I think the only team that you could argue that might not get better is Toronto, uh, but everybody else in the East, the Nets are the Nets are coming with Kevin Durant and everything. Like the regular season is going to matter, seeding is going to matter, uh, and if they play road games, it's going to be different. I think the Heat are obviously a contender. And you can argue that they're a top three, top four team in the East. Um, but I do think they need to get like legitimately better. Yeah. Um, and I think Gallinari is that guy that really puts them over the top. And I think that like for me, for my pessimistic ass, it would make them the favorites, depending on what Italian. other teams do. Because he's Italian. He's from Milan. He's from my favorite city in you Italy. See, you see? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's always a connection. There it is, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's and we he all we, we all know lot. my lore with Milan. <laughs> he definitely brings another level to the team, uh, especially uh, for Jimmy. Jimmy getting able would be much more comfortable in a uh, creator uh, slash defender role, uh, where he doesn't have to take that toll on his body. You saw, you saw that he can definitely get there in the finals, but you saw you also saw the toll on his body that it took uh, for the rest of the series that he couldn't keep that level up. <laughs> Couldn't uh, walk after one of those walk, games. Yeah, but, and and it's not it like what Jimmy did was was insane. But you don't want Jimmy to have to do that all the time. You don't want to have to uh, rely on Jimmy to, to to summon that every time. So the new and you can't expect him to be able to do it again. Exactly, he did it twice. That was insane. He did it really three times because that game two was also amazing. Yeah, he was like was. a rebound short of a triple double. Yeah, but but that's the thing. Danilo would turn their top seven offense into a top three, top four offense, most likely. And uh, oh, the, the, he's what he he one hundred percent makes him a top three offense. No questions asked. Yeah, and, and but I just question. I like I know he said that, but I I, I until he signs for the mid level with anybody, I don't believe it. I like I said I don't know either, but what's he gonna do? His time with Detroit? He's gonna go see what him and Blake Griffin can do. He's going to go back to the Knicks. I mean, like he, he's going to go play with a Zeller. I mean, he could probably make Phoenix a playoff team, honestly. Oh, wow. Playoff team. Oh, Gallinari is now in his 30s. He's playing for the eight seed. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, hey. You want to get bought by the Warriors, Clippers, or Lakers? Is that what Gallinari's <laughs> playing for? He just saw hey, Lou Dort do it. Listen. He was just, he was just, he just did that with Lou listen, Dort. You know what Gallinari is? He can't, he was born in Knicks culture. <laughs> eight seed is he what did. he's about. 
<laughs> no, not 18. Not making the playoff. Lottery is what he's about. And that's your top guy. <laughs> no, he's he, good. He's great. He's that's great. awesome. He's great. I, I'm I'm just so sour that he didn't agree to come to Miami on the first day. Listen, too. we forgive. We forget. I don't Wasn't the man he was yesterday. Um, Another guy I want to, I, I have a lot of interest in, and I'm curious what Nikaya specifically thinks. Wes Matthews. He's a guy that made Miami's life a living fucking hell in that playoff series. My goodness gracious, his defense coming off screens. It was God. He's that guy's still good. Uh, he had that Achilles injury, seemed to bounce back at least defensively very nicely. Not a dead eye shooter, 36% from three last year. Uh, he just finishing up a two year, $5.2 million deal, so not a lot of money. Uh, he's 33 years old, which is you know not as old as you would think, but considering the Achilles injury. You know, that from a while ago when he was important, that changes things. Uh, 47% from two, 77% from the free throw line. I think he's obviously not a plan A guy. Um, I think he really helps their defense. I think you can, he's 6'4, you can really play him on guards. He's really helpful. He can switch, he can go over screens, he could play drop, he could do, he could play in any scheme. Uh, he's not going to hurt you offensively because he'll be able to hit enough shots. I do think with all the motion Miami runs and all the space he'll have. Uh, you know, I, th- I think the quality of his shot diet is going to be pretty similar to Milwaukee. Um, you know, maybe he might improve a little bit because sometimes shooters tend to improve when they, when they move instead of just standing there waiting. Uh, kind of gets you in a rhythm a little better. It's not their perfect answer positionally to defend other guards, but I think he's as good as an option as there is in this free agent class. And uh, he's think he's a guy that you trust late in games and in the playoffs. And he's just another guy to add to your depth rotation. I really like him. If they can get him for the biannual, uh, I think that's an absolute steal. I don't see why he wouldn't stay with the Bucks or go somewhere else. But, you know, I, I you have to think that Miami makes that call. Um, I think in terms of the wings, like he has to be call number one. Um, as you mentioned, a tremendous perimeter defender. Um, he's a solid spot-up shooter. Um, if he was to come to Miami, I can guarantee you he's going to get one post-up call a game. It's gonna be it's gonna be one of the side out of bounds plays. You're gonna give him a post up, sneaky good post up guy against smaller guards. Marquette guy, Marquette guy. You know how they love Marquette guys. There you go. There's he played for Jamie. He did. They're boys. So I mean, there those are um, the connections there. Like I would love West Matthews in Miami. But I mean, it's it's a pretty snug fit. Um, With his skill set, he fits literally anywhere. So I think you do have to worry about the bidding war there because if it does only take that biannual exception or something similar, then if it's Miami versus the Lakers, then that gets kind of tough. But I think just in a vacuum, like if the Heat can snag West Matthews, that makes them better on both ends and it also makes Milwaukee a little bit worse. And considering they just beat Milwaukee, like that's obviously a huge deal entering 2021. You know, if you're weak in Milwaukee, they lose in the second round or something makes it a little easier to get uh, that other guy. So I think, yeah, West Matthews would be a great fit. The other thing that I don't think we've talked about is this team fell short of a championship. They didn't win a championship. And I do think that there's something to be said about guys coming to be the final piece to a team. And I know like how much these guys are competitional holics and everything. You know, like if the Warriors had won, Durant probably doesn't go there. And I know that that's like an extreme example of it. Uh, and I know that a lot of times teams go back to defending to, to, to defending champions. I mean, we saw it when we were at the Heat, Ray Allen came here, Shane Battier. You know what I mean? Like we we we've seen we've seen that happen. But 
You know, I think that there's something to be said if you're a team that was almost there, but you were just quite missing a little bit and a guy saying, I can be that final piece. I I can be the one to lift this into a championship. And I, I think that might matter a little bit in this in this scenario. Maybe other, I don't know what the reputation of this Heat team is amongst players, but you have to think that it's pretty positive considering the way that they play and how they do it. So I just, you know, they're a contender. And I think that they're going to be in the conversations for all these guys. And I do think that they're going to have that little thing in their back pocket that's going to help them. And it doesn't hurt if Pat Riley's making that phone call. It's going to be really helpful for them. Um, another guy I want to look at before we kind of wrap things up, Jordan Clarkson. He was good last season. It's probably one of his best seasons. 15 a game, 37% three-point shooter, 53% from two, 84% from the line, wrapping up a four-year $50 million contract. Uh, he's 28 years old, still in his prime. I don't really know what his price point would be, Nikias. Maybe you can probably answer that. I think an MLE is a bit too high. Uh, but if he still doesn't have a home and the free agency market has dried up, it's there are worse things to do. Um, I think, well, first and foremost, I think if the Heat are going after Jordan Clarkson, that means something's gone wrong with the Goran Dragic negotiations. Yes. yes. Oh, so no. See, I disagree. Oh, uh, go ahead. You know, if if they just really strike out on all those other guys, I think Clarkson is fine. Yeah, like I, I think just because of the type of guard that Clarkson is and the guard room that the Heat already have, I don't think you're bringing in Clarkson unless he's coming in to replace someone. So I think that's at least that's how I view it. I don't think the Heat go after Jordan Clarkson unless uh they fall out with Gorn or if they have something on the medicals on Gorn that they don't feel comfortable with or they say, hey Gorn, take one year twelve mil instead of twenty and Gorn's like Or they want to move none. Well yeah, but I think with Clarkson being twenty eight, like I think he's set up to get one more deal. You said his last contract was what, like four years fifty mil? I mm-hmm. I think what he's coming off the career year, the big thing with him is that he's finally substituted <laughs> some of those long pull up twos and turned those into threes. And that with the three-point shot improving, that has made him a more efficient player. He's the he's that kind of a spark guy that can kind of play either guard spot. So it wouldn't surprise me if he does go to one of those teams with cap space and then he just gets traded at a certain point. So I I I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he goes to like Detroit or something and gets big money. If he's taking the ML Ouch. Yeah, like if he's taking the ML lead, then I think he's a solid option for Miami. But again, that's that's a Gorn's gone option more so than some someone they're just going to target outright. I don't really think he ends up here, and I don't really think he's going to take a discount to play off the bench on a one year deal for everything that you just said. But I, I do feel like he's a name that you should mention. Mm-hmm. He he was really good. Um, <clears throat> kind of saved a couple of their names. I, huh? I was just going to say, kind of saved Utah in a couple of playoff games last year. So he's good. He's got New he's York really Nick written all over him. Come on. <laughs> oh, you're so right. That is so. Uh, I mean, he also has Detroit Piston run all over him too. I mean, no, that's listen, true. that's Detroit Piston all over him. Mm-hmm. The Knicks don't have a point Couple guard. Couple other yet. names: Nerlens Noel. I love that guy. I don't really see how that happens, but I've always been a fan of his, especially defensively. I don't really. I think he probably hurts their offense a little bit, but I really like him. Uh, Nerlens is fun. Very fun. Two KB. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Very fun fantasy big too. He averaged like at some point he was like two two steals and two blocks a game. That's fantasy gold, baby. Yeah, that's always kind of been the thing with him. Crazy tools, even after the injuries, can swat shots, can steal the ball, can 
can really switch out and has that kind of mobility. He is just everywhere at the same time, which is kind of a detriment defensively. He tries to snag everything. Um, got a little better in OKC. Um, a little bit more disciplined on both ends. But uh, Think of the culture, though. <laughs> uh, well, culture is certainly a word you can attribute to Nerlens Noel. I agree. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, he's a fun option. I don't think Miami's going to target him, much less sign him. But I think he, he's definitely going to help someone's bench. He's, I, I like him a lot. I, I, I don't, like I said, I don't really, he's like a very, you know, down the list if they strike out at a bunch of dudes. Mo Harkless is another guy. I know you mentioned him in your piece on, um, on basketballnews.com. Was a man, member of the Heat for like five minutes. Uh, I, you could catch me on Twitter complaining that they kept Myers Leonard over Mo Harkless. Uh, I think he's a guy that would fit here pretty well, you know, if, if it comes to it. Justin Holiday is another guy. Um, I, I do want to mention Christian Wood. I see a lot of people link like wanting him. This is no way a guy that young is going to come to Miami on a one year deal. Dude is 24 years old, had a career season, is set to start somewhere and actually like begin his NBA career. That guy's not going to play and back up Bam and playoff game. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, Christian Woods going to a cap space team. Like, he's too good. That's Atlanta would be nice order. for him. See, like if Atlanta didn't have a big, he'd be great over there. He could still fit. Like he has another. That, that. Yeah, him and Collins both can shoot enough that they can make it work. Like for real, if let's say Toronto loses Ibaka, that's a guy I would call if I'm Toronto. Are they going to have the funds for him? Like I don't think he's taking the mid level exception. That's kind of my. Thing. No, but I mean, if Ibaka leaves and all of a sudden they have cap space, oh, if they a little cap oh, space. If they actually have cap space, and I think that'd be a fun option for them. Um, I, I, I like. Don't quote me on the cap sheet. I don't know Fred's cap holds and everything. Fred's cap hold can't be that big. Isn't he coming off a rookie deal or something? Yeah, I don't. I'm not really familiar with Toronto cap space, but I mean, I'm sure that they can get it done without compromising Giannis. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's too late now, buddy. We know you know the cap sheet. It's okay. I don't know the cap sheet. I just very, leave me alone. Very convincing. You guys should see me in DMs like defending keeping the Toronto core together. I, I had to look at myself in the mirror today. Oh god. I was like, what's going on with oh, me? No. Um, yeah. Uh now to close, I want to talk a little bit about the Heats guys that we haven't talked about yet. Uh we all think Derek walks, right? We all think that there's no chance that Derek ends up here again. Yeah, he's he's he's, uh, he's gone. He's he's an Atlanta Hawk. <laughs> he has been that late. guy has Atlanta Hawk written all over him. He does. <laughs> He'd be Good fun fit. with Trey Young, I'm not gonna lie. Good fit. That'd be great for him. I really like him. I can think of a young team on the up uh, that wants an athletic guy would and be good for him. And they play fast pace. That's the kind of style he needs to go to. Yeah, he just can't wait in a corner as Jimmy pounds the ball up top. It's just not really good for him. Trey Young's what the best law passer in the league right now. I mean, that's... That'd be fun. That, that would be fun. I'd love it for him. But yeah. I like Derek, man. He's a good guy in the locker room. He's a really nice to the media. He's, he's cool. I, I like Derek. I, I want the best for him. Um, Solomon Hill, Heat life for Solomon Hill. I hope they resign him, man. I mean, just for the sake of the show, <laughs> I just I need him to stay here. He's our in. Like we can't lose our only in. Yeah, like he's probably coming back on the minimum. I would assume. You think? Oh man, the guys. I hope so. He's an option. You think definitely. we can? You think we can organize like a Chris Haynes situation where like like we report for Solomon Hill? 
like how Chris Haynes does for <laughs> Damian Lillard. Hey. You think we can work this out? That's the end. <laughs> I mean, that's what's more our show than that. And Solomon Hill being our guy. He's the best. There, I love that. There dude. you go. Word the angle. I thought he legitimately like gave them good minutes in the finals. He did. Like he was fine defensively. Like he had one pass that I did not know that he could throw. That pocket pass. <laughs> like, okay. How about that three pointer? Shit will live forever. That, that oh my God. Two for two from three. Did not miss a three in the finals. Sharpshooter. Sniper. Ah, but like legit, like if, if he's like one of the last guys off your bench that you could trust to put in a big moment if fucking shit goes awry. I mean, that that's a great option for you. And he's a good locker room guy. That guy's really smart. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard him. Yeah, that he guy's smart. Anime. That's why he's smart. Well, I watch the anime. He's a really smart guy. He's a leader. Uh, I love him. So I, I really hope they bring him back. The inter- The most interesting guy that we haven't mentioned yet, and I saved him for last, our very complicated relationship with Myers Leonard. I think if they don't get it, let's say they get Gallo and I don't know, somebody else that's not a big with the biannual. I think bringing Gallo back, uh, bringing Myers back uh, is helpful if they can fit him in under the luxury tax. I think playing next to Bam for the grind of the regular season is good. Um, I think even against Philly, I thought he was really good in that zone if it comes to it. Uh, he's a guy that I think they have to look to see how the free agency period plays out, but uh, you know they could do worse than him. I think that he's a guy that just fits in well with the organization, with the culture. Um, you know, I have you know questions about his defense and and offense and stuff like that, but I I think it's a pretty easy fit back if they strike out on other guys and if they can pay him. Yeah, like I think he's if you're looking at the three and D type bigs, you know, your Baines, your Gasols, if he's there, guys like that, your Serge Ibaka's. Like, I think Myers is the worst of that group. However, like, we had a pretty... Yeah, we had a pretty substantial sample size of him, his inclusion in the starting lineup and Miami starting lineup being among the best in the NBA. Like, he clearly knows the system, all of the systems at this point. Um, (laughs) The front office, the coaching staff all love what he brings off the floor just what he brings to the locker room, what he brings is kind of that communicator. Like, there's a very clear role for him there. Um, him and Ellie clearly love Miami. So I think that I think that's going to be one of the earlier conversations that the Heat have as the answer free agency, whenever the heck it starts. And we're like, hey, we're going to look here, but we would love to have you back. Just kind of hang tight unless you get something that you can't turn down. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's back. So... In almost 800 minutes of Bam and Myers together, uh, they're plus seven net rating with a 114 offensive rating. Uh, that's really good. That's better than Bam by himself. Obviously, the sample size is a thousand minutes more with Bam <laughs> at center and Myers off. Uh, they're plus four uh, with a similar offensive rating. Uh, their defense actually gets a little worse, which is surprising, but again, Smaller sample size by almost a thousand minutes, but I mean, seven eight hundred minutes is not an insignificant sample size. Yeah. No, uh, and they, they were good together. Starters too. A yeah. lot of those are good starters. starters against the best uh, best lineups. Uh, no, they he like uh, Nakai said, quarterback and defense. Uh, when he w- wasn't playing, he's a great locker room guy. He's he's yelling. He's active. He's engaged. <laughs> He's yelling. That's like his. That that. That's like no, his. But it, uh, that's on the resume. He's yelling. 
No, but that's a thing, man. He's engaged. You saw, you saw Dion Waiters, NBA champion. He rode Dion the Waiters. shit out of that bike. He rode the shit out of yeah. that stationary bike. That no. dude was leading the league in stationary bike in the playoffs. But that makes a difference, man. The, the guys uh, no, on your bench being engaged and, and uh, together and ready uh, when their number is called and, and ready uh, when their number isn't called. That's, that's important. You're, that's not fucking up the locker room. I mean, truly the anti-Hassan Whiteside of bigs. In a, literally every yeah. way. Like yeah, literally, literally every way. Like it's just like the total fucking opposite of Hassan. It's funny because I, I threw this question out to our Discord server. And by the way, join our Discord server. It's on our Twitter page. It's on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash MIEBeat. There's a comfy link right there. We're going to put the Twitch, the, the Discord server in the description of this podcast. You can join. We're having lots of fun. I asked the Discord server what free agent they would like me to talk about. They, they, they for some reason, mentioned Hassan Whiteside. Oh, so just like... Like literally, in no way does he fit in anything that they do. He's a big that can't shoot or screen well. Give me Michael I don't see Beasley the point. over him. Oh, I would love Beasley. Let's go. You saw Michael Beasley in that uh, that that Miami League thing that he was playing <laughs> shirtless against John Wall. Cooking him. Let me tell you, Beasley has had the same damn moves since 2008. He holds the ball really low to his feet, then fakes left and dribbles right. Yeah. That's it. That's the move. It yeah, pulls up. That's all he needs. That's all he has. It's worked. It's college. That's all he's done. Where do you think James Harden got it from? (laughs) Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.